Welcome to The Third Rail Entrepreneur, a podcast about enrichment. Enrichment of your mind, your relationships, your body, and ultimately your business via the entrepreneurial path. My name is Alistair MacDonald. Let's get started. I recently received an email from a friend and uh, an advisor, an extremely successful person, New York Times bestseller, known very well in their domain of expertise, asking me a couple of questions that were really great questions, uh, suitably provocative enough to cause me to come to this message to you personally, and an opportunity for me to reflect on what exactly it is that you and I are doing by spending time together. What possible value and tools or thoughts could I share with and to you that would be any value? And the question was a good one. And as I say, it made me feel like it's probably time to check in. And that's my objective here today. The question was very much enjoying the podcast, very glowing and kind, which of course is my love language and it means a lot to me. But asked the great question, I keep wondering if this podcast is for me. And what a great statement. I'm wondering if this is for me. And I struggled to write back to this person because I don't have an answer, or at least I didn't. But here I am, a little external processor, sharing this this thought experiment with you. It's early days. I think I'm bearing down on episode number 10. Now, yes, feel free to laugh. I have a full nine or 10 episodes to have shared with you in our conversations. So it's no significant milestone, but a perfect time to check in early enough in this uh, nascent project of mine, our conversations, you and I. And it's got me thinking about why you might listen to this episode, or any of them for that matter, why you might choose to give me those two most valuable things you have, your time and your attention. And I realized that inherent in the question is, as with all questions, certain baseline assumptions. And as successful and smart as this person is, or being as successful and smart as they are, I am allowed to indulge in some assumptions of their expectations and know that they are well-seated and most likely closest to your own experience. So to state my objective here would be to really restate it from episode zero, talked about what to expect. And to also talk about what you shouldn't expect, and also to ask for your participation. In the first episode of Zero, I mentioned my own preference for learning, that I choose to, or at least I've come to learn, that my favorite way to grow and learn new things, or learn more about old things, or learn new things about old things, is by discovery. I gave up on business books years ago, and I encourage you to do the same. Whenever I share this with clients, given that I'm in the business advisory and entrepreneurial shepherding and coaching world, is normally met with surprise and concern. How could I possibly stay sharp? How can I stay relevant? As if the fundamental principles of economic transfer that is a business have changed in a thousand years. They haven't. 
when I say I don't read business books, the reason is that there are normally stretched out tomes of insufferable boredom and inane tips. There's an audience for this. We'll often hear, oh, I'll read this book, and if I can just extract one nugget, then I'll be happy. And I want to encourage you to raise your standards, raise your expectations. And I don't mean that insultingly. I mean respect your time and attention more. It's actually out of concern for your time and attention and respect for your own growth that I encourage you to raise the bar on your expectations. The idea that we have to mine through 245, I think it's the standard baseline business publishing number of pages, that we have to mine through all those pages to extract one small nugget is itself a bit of a misnomer. Because very rarely, when I spend time in and with other businesses, can they point to some radical breakthrough. This insight came to us from that book, and here we are 10 years later, just absolutely killing it. I think that really, if anything, it becomes this soporific sort of soothing experience, this notion that I'm learning by mining through these pages. I don't know that that's always the case, and so I don't want to do that for you. And that gets to part of what this podcast and your and my conversations are about and what they're not about. Given my own natural instinct and propensity for learning by discovery, it is easy for me to dismiss most business books. And the reason is the same one of how I love to learn jujitsu. Many years ago, I had attended a class, almost a seminar, with a very, very dear friend of mine, one of my dearest and oldest friends, who is many years ahead of me in his own evolution as a black belt in jiu-jitsu. And his understanding of techniques and concepts and so forth was significantly beyond my own, and that remains so to this day, even though he hasn't been able to train for some time. And he taught a concept, or it was actually a move, but he taught it backwards, and whereas most instructors would say, you know, start here at step A and then you end here at step F, he began at F and worked his way backwards to try to capture the point. So it was almost like watching a seminar in Rewind. And it had a profound impact on me because by teaching it backwards, I was forced, knowing the end game, I knew where this move, this technique would end. I was forced to look for the concept. That was amazing because more often than not, when we pick up a business book or attend a seminar or listen to anything, we are waiting for and in anticipation of where it ends. And in our seeking the final move, the actual submission at the end of the technique or the great catch-all at the end of the movie, we lose or run the risk of losing the concept itself. When we learn to understand and define and capture concepts, techniques become somewhat irrelevant because we can develop our own techniques. Discovery. When we discover concepts, moves that work in certain positions, ways of treating customers at different points of their emotional volatility, we discover concepts that are transferable to other parts of our business and most valuably to other parts of our lives. And that is what I'm talking about and to. That ability to capture concepts and run with them. A couple of years later, that friend and I were training and we were getting after it. And I got this certain grip on him and held him in this position. And he was completely pinned. He could not escape. And he had to tap out and say, okay, what is this? What is this thing that you're doing? And I said, oh, it's this grip over here. And he says, where did you get that? 
And I said, mate, you taught me that you know, in 2011 or whatever it was. You taught that. He says, no, I've never seen that before. But he had. So the point was that even in his teaching the technique, he cruised right by the nugget itself, the real concept. And so I was able to take that concept and completely change my entire style of jujitsu, thanks to him, thanks to the discovery of the concept. I then got to share it with him in a format and way that he had never seen before. And it changed the way that he saw his own information. And that is what I am endeavoring to do here. I want to talk about big ideas, complicated things, fascinating pieces in history, bizarre business models, strange arguments with a spouse or a team member, reconciling an angry client or patient over their mistaken bill or their misaligned expectations. I want to extract those nuggets, those concepts, and share them with you so that you can go out and develop your own techniques with those concepts. Some of the things that I share may be of no portable value. And to use Bruce Lee's old analogy about martial arts, take what works and throw away the rest. That's what I want you to do with our conversations. Your time is valuable. Your attention is valuable. And I want to honor that. So what this podcast and our conversations are not, by definition, given what I've just shared, they are not some hack, some quick way to get 50 new followers some trending trick to gather traction on social media, some certain font or trigger that's being used by clients or friends that are having success with mailers to get more people to their business. It's not any of that. Hacks hack. Teachers teach. Concepts remain. So, as you've probably already noticed, I don't have the wonderful seven-step process that you must follow in order to dot, dot, dot. Consequently, I realize that if you and I are going to spend time together, we must be of like mind. We both need to be people that are willing to venture out beyond the frontiers of what everybody else is creating. If we read the same business books and do the same things, we will all just create the same results. I always use the analogy of a lemonade stand. Imagine that you were a kid and you set up a lemonade stand or your child sets up a lemonade stand in front of your house. And as you look left and right down the street on this beautiful Saturday morning in this quintessential American neighborhood, you notice that all the other parents have produced little lemonade stands for their kids and everybody is selling the same lemonade for the same price. This is what we are doing in our businesses when we consume the same content and follow the same instructions. And it's a travesty for two critical reasons. The only way that your lemonade stand or your kid's lemonade stand is going to outlast the competitors or actually make any money is one of two ways. The first is by a race to the bottom on prices. The second is by added bonuses or service, which also costs and consequently depresses your margins. If we spend all of our time and attention doing what everyone else does, we pay for it twice. The first is identical results to all the other kids on the block. And the second, most brutally, we never come to work. What I mean by that is you, your magic, the thing that your spouse fell in love with never makes it to the marketplace. The you, the you that makes mistakes and laughs at themselves at a dinner party 
never gets to show up in the professional world because to do that would be to accept defeat, would be to be unlike everybody else. You don't ever get to be authentic. Authentic not just in your delivery of how you show up, but in the design of your own systems and processes and protocols and team cultures and marketing stories and approaches. The irony is that we know this authenticity and originality when we see it. When the Dollar Shave Club exploded into the collective consciousness, I think it was on a Super Bowl ad several years ago, everybody was struck by the audacity of the humor and kind of blunt force trauma of true personality that that ad captured. So we see it, we know it when we see it, and we love it. Oh, look at this, it's fascinating. But we don't quite trust ourselves to do the same. We don't. If I have a call for you, that is what I have to share. And so consequently, we need to build out a richer experience. We need to travel the world. We need to read books that others aren't reading. Learn things from cultures that others are not visiting. Peek into industries that those of, in my industry are never visiting. Ideas that haven't made it through into my particular style of business or enterprise. Cross-pollination becomes not just a necessity, but the turbocharger for the authenticity and originality of your message and product and business out into the marketplace. That is what I'm trying to do. I've titled this podcast The Third Rail Entrepreneur for a couple of reasons. As I've shared, not just do you have your private family life with family and friends and maybe your tennis club, but you have your business life. And the two never really seem to meet. And because of the finite closed loop that both of these represent, no new things are ever brought to bear that can bring value or creativity to both of those domains. That's the third rail. Somewhere that you go to be a student again, to know nothing, to learn from scratch, to acquire skills and perspectives that you've never otherwise considered. And it is then your responsibility and your blessing and your privilege to take those concepts and bring them home to be a better mom or bring them to work to be a better agent of change with your clients, customers, and patients. That's my hope, is that this podcast, our conversations, can serve as one of those triggers for your creativity. You've probably noticed by now that I love stories because, like you, we allow ourselves to get involved in them. We, when you watch Star Wars, you actually think that you're Obi-Wan or Luke Skywalker. That's why I love stories. That's why they have survived for centuries, dozens of centuries, thousands of years. Stories and ideas will endure, but they will change over time. So no click funnels, no five-step processes, no just go out and do this. Your success is your responsibility. Your education is your responsibility, just like mine is. I understand that I'm not talking about business or entrepreneurship remotely the same way as anyone else. I'm acutely aware of that, and I am proud of it. I have no interest in jumping up and down the stage and asking everyone to raise their hands in the air and aren't we great. That's wonderful. You're welcome to do that. But I'm interested in learning things and getting better. Warren Buffett has famously said this one skill, that if everybody could do this, they would all build beautifully rich lives. And that trick is to go to bed every night just slightly smarter than you woke up. That's what I try to do. That's what my clients, super high-performing people, are also trying to do. And that's what I want to contribute to you. So, 
if I'm not telling you how to create your ad copy or what color you should use on your website or what title to put on your banner ad or anything else, what am I doing? I am asking you to consider your business, your enterprise, your life as a laboratory of experimentation and indulgence. I want you to come up with things that you are going to go back into your business and try. Hey, we're going to try this for the next 90 days because I noticed it driving it to work and that's what this coffee shop was doing or what have you. Your business can be, and I encourage you, should be the laboratory of all of the learning in your life. If you figure out some sort of way to incentivize your children to get better grades, think about it. How can that translate into an improved sales process for you or your team? They're all humans. They're all responding to incentives. That, that is the investigation. That is the adventure of business ownership. The themes of where I'm always frustrated over here because this certain issue keeps emerging. Oh, how strange. I notice that that also really annoys my spouse. The only constant here is me. What am I doing to create these expectations for myself that I'm not fulfilling? The laboratory of your business, the place where you get to take your ideas to the marketplace, all of your skills, your ambitions, your aspirations, and your creativity in a laboratory with an, an immediate feedback loop, a feedback loop that shows up in your bank account, your number of sales, your experience with your team. You know right away if you're onto something or if you've stepped off the path. That's what makes this the perfect place. When I started my first business when I was 18, I enjoyed immediate, beautiful success. Some of you will know I've shared this in previous episodes. And then I came to the United States, and I fell off my path, and I struggled. I floundered. I feel like it took me five years just to learn the language. It occurred to me that I was doing business for the wrong reasons. I was not creating anything. I was trying to make more money or to create prestige for myself. But there was no true creativity. When I was a young buck back in the motherland, I had no idea what I was doing. And I owned that. And I would throw things out there and some would stick and some wouldn't. But I didn't make the critical mistake of taking myself too seriously. And because of business books and the huge shadows cast by these extremely successful American entrepreneurs, I started to compare myself to them and became convinced that in order to create Chad's results, I'm going to need to be just like Chad. Chad had not a creative bone in his body. Yes, was an actual Chad. Not a creative bone in his body. And he too was just form-fitting. He was copying others that he thought he needed to look like. And so the machine pressing out these carbon copy pseudo-entrepreneurs continued. When I caught myself and stepped back, and broke the mold, and brought my real self to those conversations with clients and customers and patients and vendors, I rediscovered the laboratory of my business. And the impact poured over to all the other domains. My sense of authenticity with clients immediately started to give me a deeper sense of self-respect. That brought heightened presence. I noticed that I was working out more, eating crappy foods less, patient and more kind with my employees and my children. This is what our business can do for us. So who are you? Who are you out there? Maybe you have one consulting client. This is your opportunity. That's your laboratory. 
Maybe you sell cable out of a shop in Schaumburg, Illinois. This is your laboratory. What can you bring to it to experiment, and what results can you take out there into the marketplace and the rest of your world? That's what I want to talk about. And I'm going to do it by telling you some cool stories. In our next episode, I'm going to tell you one of the most compelling stories, one that I give to every new employee and insist that my children read every year. These poor little buggers have to suffer this insufferable father of theirs. It's a beautiful story with a very simple but profound message. I'm going to share that next. And following that, with the context set, I'm going to share with you the three most critical skills that you need to own and muster and create for yourself to create the kind of results that you want. These three critical pieces are front and center for me every single day. And the good news is, everybody in your life could get value from them. Super simple. Are they concepts instead of techniques? Yes. But if you've made it this far, you know to expect it. We're going to talk about Bitcoin and what's broken about it and the promise that it shows. Why? Because if you are in business, you are in the technology business. Just like if you're in business, you're in the people business. And what's happening in the crypto space is something that is going to affect all businesses ultimately. But it has a very dark side. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about reprimands of your team and your loved ones, or your children maybe if you need to, family members. We're going to talk about concession. We're going to talk about so many cool things, concepts that have made a huge difference for me that I can only trust will make a difference for you. Thanks for being here. That's it for this episode. Thanks for being here. Hey, there's only two things that you have in your life, your time and your attention, that you've given both to me for these few minutes of today. It means everything. Cheers. Cheers.